1: Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host Nate Ryan here with the mayor, NASCAR NBC analyst Jeff Burton. Jeff, we just got done with the West Coast Swing for Cup and I want to start with the guy who won twice. Las Vegas, Phoenix, Joey Logano wins with new crew chief Paul Wolfe. And you guys talked a lot about this on NASCAR America this week. We'll just start here. Is he the best restarter in NASCAR right now? And with restarts being so important over the last decade, is that a huge key to su- his success right now? Yeah,
2: he, he's really aggressive on restarts. You, know, you see a lot of drivers get angry with him, right? I think that's because one of the reasons is because he gets so aggressive on restarts. But that is such an important part of the game. And, and track position is so important. Uh, he's really good at it. You. And, and the other thing is, you know, if you give him a sniff of a win, you know, we talked about Harvick for years, he's been the closer. Well, that's Logano, too. Logano is one of those guys, If you give him an opportunity, he has a way of just making things happen. They won these races without being the best car, in my eyes. I don't think they had the best car in either race. Uh, they won both of them, and, and that makes them exceptionally dangerous, because people that can execute and make things happen without the best cars, you give them the best car, they become that much more dangerous. So as they continue to evolve as a team uh, and learning the new rules with with the low downforce on the short tracks, uh, I think they're just going to get better and better. You guys
1: analyzed this on NASCAR America this week, how the restarts happened at Phoenix, and you were critical of the way some guys managed it from the outside lane, what did Joey Logano do right that other guys
2: like Boyer, like Harvick, like some other drivers we saw, weren't they doing that Logano was doing? Well, he had the inside lane, which so, so what was, I found fascinating about that is So you think about Phoenix turn one, everybody wanted the outside, right? Because of the traction compound put on the racetrack. If you could run that outside lane, it had the most grip, but the leader was picking the inside lane on the restart. So, the leader had to get from the inside lane to the outside lane, which meant that he had to beat the guy in second to turn one. So because of the dog leg on the back straightaway, essentially what, what the, the inside line was doing was when they would, they would control the restart, they would take off, and then as soon as they would get to the start-finish line, which is what the rule says, they would hang a left. And when they'd hang a left, it made it a shorter line between where they were and the entrance to turn one. And the outside lane never, with the exception of Chase Elliott, never did the same thing. They never went down and got door-to-door with the guy on the inside lane. It just made it shorter. So they would beat the outside lane to the the turn one entrance. If someone could have entered side-by-side with them, they would have had the preferred lane. And they never were able to get the launch. They were never able to side draft, never able to door them down that short chute to beat to, to be equal. That's all you had to be, was to be equal getting into turn one. Then you would have had the preferred lane. And no one, with the exception of Chase Elliott earlier in the race, was able to pull it off. So come November, do you think when the yes. championship is decided, a lot of guys are going to watch a video I, and say,
1: I'm going to approach it differently? Yes, yeah. I, I
2: think you're going to have to. And, 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 you know, and, and by the way, when we talked about the Chase Elliott thing, they also wrecked, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's not without danger. Um, but that late in the race with the win on the line
1: <laughs> With the championship on the line November yeah yeah
2: and and, and yeah I think you're going I think you'll have to go back. The, the leader is always going to have an advantage because he controls the restart and he gets rolling before the guy on the outside unless the guy on the outside just does an incredible job of anticipating it so but if you do that good job of anticipating and if you launch at the same time you then have to be full offensive. You have to be full I gotta take this line away. You're not gonna beat them to turn one if you don't cut the short if you don't cut the dog leg.
1: So Logano's won two of the past three. His teammate Brad Kozlowski, a lot of people thought he might have had the best car at Phoenix. Ryan Blaney crashed, so we didn't really see what he had at Phoenix, but he could have won the past three races at Daytona and Vegas and Fontana. So Penske's in good shape. Joe Gibbs racing, though. It seems like Kyle Busch has back-to-back top three finishes, but he's kind of had to work for him. Martin Truex Jr. said to come from back. He's been okay. Their teammates haven't been so good. What do you see going on with Gibbs, and do you think we'll see things change in time for this weekend at Atlanta?
2: So I, I think it's easy to go back last fall at Phoenix and say, well, you know, Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch kind of dominated the, the cup race, but... That doesn't mean anything to me because it's a completely different rules package between last year and this year. Uh, but when I go back and I think about short track racing, I always think about Joe Gibbs Racing. They are so good at it. Um, just didn't have the speed at Phoenix. The two races prior to that, the mile and a half, I really expected, I really thought coming into the year that Joe Gibbs Racing had this massive advantage. And The reason I believe that is because we all know this 2021 car is coming. And how much can the teams afford to put into this year knowing they have all this development coming in 2021. So I thought and believed that if you had an advantage at the end of last year, that advantage could continue, but clearly it hasn't. Clearly the other teams have stepped up or for some reason or another gives us lost something. And and the speed has not been there. And that and that has Greatly surprised me. I, I expected, I expected Joe Gibbs Racing to be leading a lot of laps. I didn't expect them to be sitting on poles, yeah. but I expect them to be leading a lot of laps, uh running in the top two, three, and with more than one of their cars. Um, and I know, as you said, Kyle has finished, had some good finishes last two races. But it, they will admit it. They didn't race their way there, right? They had some fortune, and they and they executed. They did a great job of executing to get those finishes. You know, it shows you how competitive this sport is. It sh- it's a great example of how when you think somebody's got it figured out and you think they're unbeatable, everybody else is working, right? right? The other teams have a say. And, and Penske, but Penske did this last year. Penske started out last year really, really strong and faded off. Uh, can these teams – we know Gibbs is going to – I feel certain Gibbs is going to get better. Uh, can the other teams match it? And, and at the end of the year, it'll be interesting to see who has that speed. I, I, I The teams that what, – what's going to be fascinating to watch for me is the teams that are in that lower part of the playoffs. Where do they develop – where do they devote their resources? And it's going to be really interesting to see because this new car is coming, and the new car – I think is a tremendous positive for the sport long-term. But short-term, some teams are going to have some difficult decisions to make. If we don't think we can win the championship this year, if we don't think we can contend, do we put the resources into it or do we say, you know what? Let's use this as an advantage and try to put more resources into getting ready with the new car. It would be interesting to see what teams do what. It
1: seems as if talking to some team managers and such that August, September time frame, obviously you're going to know then if you're in the playoffs or yeah. not. That's going to be when teams maybe decide what are we really focused on. Yeah,
2: I think. I, think, I mean, listen, you, 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 unless your risk is horrible right now, you have to be thinking that. Yeah. You, know, you have to be thinking blue sky makes a lot of good stuff happen. Right. And so when you still even if the evidence suggests to you that you're not good enough, that doesn't mean you're not going to be good enough tomorrow. So teams right. have to work toward that. Teams have to work toward making the playoffs. And, and you have a lot of card races where, you know, anybody could win uh, Daytona, the, the last race of the regular season. You have a lot of things that are going to develop. So no team yet has raised their hand and said, we can't we can't get it done. Uh, but but they'll start to fall
1: want to go back to what you said about Gibbs that they could have lost something that to me is just striking because you're right like the rules stay static you think yeah as long as they're doing what they do last year they're at least going to maintain what they had is it possible for a team to over anticipate or overthink what other teams might be getting and then you just make changes to
2: stuff that was working already it, it's it's always possible to everything tell you something's better but it's not there's 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 that's always a possibility where you had you look at Wind tunnel numbers. You look at whatever it is that you're looking at, and you say this is better. I mean, clearly it's better, but on the racetrack, it's not. And I've experienced that many times, where everything suggests the engineering, the science, the common sense, everything says this is better, and it's not. So yeah, that that can happen, even though you feel like you've moved the ball in the right direction. It actually it actually went the other way, and that's and that's really frustrating because what's the fix? So. A lot of people, a lot of people inside of racing, even would say, "Well, the fix is why don't you just go back to what you had last year?" Right, right. Okay, if you want to get your ass handed to you, you can do that <laughs> 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 because <laughs> Penske didn't sit still. Right, right. People work and get better, and the way forward in this in this business with the the technology that's available and the will to win, going backwards rarely get you where you need to be it might make you it what it may do is it may confirm your suspicions right it may teach you something but rarely in this ever evolving sport can you say okay to get back like we needed to be and where we're running we're going to go back to what we used to do (laughs) right that worked in the 90s yep in the early 2000s doesn't work so well today
1: And we're seeing certainly that need to keep pushing forward with the Chevrolets, specifically Hendrick Motorsports, specifically Alex Bowman winning at Fontana, Chase Elliott again ran really well at Phoenix, Jimmy Johnson has been a factor, William Byron. Uh, Chevrolet invested, I would think, a significant amount of money into just updating the Camaro for one year. I I don't know what they spent, but they had to know that this was a very short-term return. And I guess they must be really pleased with how it's paying off so far. But th- I don't know if we, we fully have appreciated or respected like the gamble or the risk that was yeah, involved there.
2: And so I, I still am a little suspect all that, you know, because what we can't factor in, is what steps did the team? So did Toyota to Toyota get worse over the whole season with no changes? I
1: mean, it appears I, so, right? Team, <laughs> or did
2: the team get worse? Yeah, I. I mean, I so don't what's know. difficult about evaluating manufacturers is that it's relying on the team, right? You you. The team ultimately has to take that equipment and make the most of it. So I don't know. I mean, they're all pointing at Chevrolet, saying this was a major. But what I don't know, because they're not going to let me know, is what changes did they make at Hendrick? Because they didn't sit still. They didn't just all of a sudden say, "Well, we're good enough. We don't." Right. Right. They were right. been working too. So did the ball get moved because of Hendrick and their improved status? I mean, to me, um, Ganassi started improving last year. Right? They started showing signs. Um, so I, it, it's, yes, on the surface of it, new car, different results. Right. Simple. It was all a car. But I don't think it's that simple. Yeah. I think it's more complicated. That's than interesting. That. Well, one guy who kind of has
1: implied he thinks it's that simple, Kyle Bush, came out and said, Well, you know, I, I think they got something with that new Camaro. I think something's going on with that body. But w- what struck me about the way Kyle said that and the way he's kind of handled this year, he has seemed like ever since the championship last year, he is in a better place. And I don't know if it's obviously different rules package at Phoenix. People seem to enjoy the racing more, but it does seem to me like Kyle Busch is not as frustrated as he was last year, even though, as you pointed out, Jeff, I mean, he, he finishes second, third of last two races, but he's not got that championship speed yet.
2: So he, he came out publicly and talked about some issues he and his wife had gone through last year. And they were going through those things last year when we saw the level of frustration and Part of his frustration was that he, us, we weren't giving him credit for he may have something else going on in his, on his life, mm-hmm. right? And he said that publicly. So right. maybe it's just that simple. Maybe it's just so simple, you know, that he did have the trying time in his life and it was hard for him to handle. And at the same time, they weren't running well. And, you know, you know, Kyle Bush, if he's not running well, he's not going to be happy. Then you add this to it and his teammates were outrunning him and the frustration got higher and higher and higher and and but in the offseason he he made it clear like people weren't giving him credit there might be something else going on in his life right and so maybe it's just that simple that he you know I felt that way after he had his injuries you know when he after he got hurt I thought he was a completely different guy when he came back I thought he was more um uh, he was calmer he was more you know, just looked at things differently and then it kinda regressed this past year. But he's he was pretty open about why. So yeah. I'm gonna take him at his at his word and, and and you know, believe what he was saying, that he just had things going on and that it was hard for him to handle. You're right.
1: He was very open about the infertility problems that he and his wife Samantha had last year. And I remember you and Dale Jarrett talked about that last year. Before we knew about that, you guys said, Hey, there's often things happening in the personal lives of drivers that were just we're not going to be aware of until way after the fact
2: or never or never. Right. right? And we, I mean, listen, so drivers are no different than, than those of you that are listening to this podcast. They're no different. And they're, they're public, you know, athletes are very public and, and their successes and their failures are right in front of you, but they deal with the same things that we all deal with. And they're, they have wives They have moms, they have dads, they have kids, they have brothers, sisters. They have, you know, they have things in their life just like everybody. And I think we forget that. I think we look at athletes as people that no matter what are supposed to step on the field and be 100% all the time no matter what's going on in their life, which is unfair because we all know that we're not 100% 100 all the time because things in our lives affect us. And I, you know, I, I, I don't, you know, I don't think it's fair to think that athletes, you know, are immune to those things. And, and Kyle was very open about it and, There's other people who deal with things, too, but they're they're not always that open about it.
0: Dietz Watson's been making meats and cheeses the right way since forever. What's that mean? It means never cutting corners, ever. It means cooking, not processing. It means our Virginia brand ham that's cooked to perfection, then twice baked to layer the flavors. It takes more time, but you can taste the difference. We come to work every day to do it the right way, even if it's the hard way. Because if it's not right for us, it's not right for you. Dietz and Watson, it's a family thing since 1939. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit T R U G R E E N T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McKrispy. Crispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.
1: It's been, uh, what, about seven years since you were in... That cauldron of of pressure and full time driving. <laughs> that's Can you, a good word. Yeah, thanks. I like that. I, that's what I'm here for. The boiling cauldron. The boiling cauldron of being a, a cup driver full time. Is it tougher now? Do you think than ever for drivers? I mean, I know that you guys had sponsor commitments obligations, but with social media now, is it is it a different world, or is this something you just have to navigate differently? Uh, yeah, I driver? think
2: I, social media is is um is different. Uh, you know, I I um you know, it's easy to say, well, why are you listen to social media? That's one guy, and you know, but it, you know, we're your yeah. people. And and I don't think anyone likes to be someone that people don't like. I mean, I guess there's been a few people in history that don't seem to care. And, but, but you know, most people want respect of their peers. And most people want, you know, people to be view them as good people. And social media has um, exposed some ugliness in regard to uh, I mean, if people say things on social media they wouldn't dare say to your face, which fast, which I don't understand. But that—that's what's different. I—I I think that I—I I, you know I hate to. The sport's different today than it was then, and it was different then than it was the time before that. The pressure, I think, has always been the same, right. and the pressure to succeed has always been the same. And all of the everybody handles that differently too. You know, not every driver has the same way of dealing with pressure. Not every driver feels the pressure that the next guy feels. They're all, everybody's different. Uh, but I think the, the, the role of a driver has evolved for sure. The role of the driver has evolved in the sport. Uh, but I don't think the pressure has ever been, been relinquished. It may have been less pressure prior to, and I'm going way back, like way back in the 60s early 70s prior to major corporations being involved you know there was a time in the sport where you and I were like let's build a car man let's do it you know we will build a car and we'd go race and we'd have fun and we might go drink some beer and you know have a good time and we'd compete hard but it was about it was as much a social thing as it was it's nothing social today about it you right. know and and okay. which speaking of that I, I you know I You know, people talk about the motorhome lot and how that affects drivers. To be clear, there's nothing social about the motorhome lot either. Like, you know, driver A is not going hanging out with driver B outside the motorhomes with cooking s'mores. (laughs) Like, there are some drivers that are friends, and there have always been drivers that are friends since the beginning of the sport. Right. But there's not this KOA Campground fire. That at seven <laughs> o'clock we're going to cook s'mores and everybody's yeah. going to get together. And it's not—it's not, it's not yeah. like that. Everybody goes in their motor homes and they stick to themselves for the most part. So
1: it's more the families interact, though, right? I mean, there—there there is some of that. There's some that family happens,
2: right? interaction, but Dale Jarrett and Kyle Petty used to play in the infield together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's always been family interaction, and right. some of that—some of that—uh, some of that. Well, the motor home lot prevents competitiveness. Some of that's just not true not true all
1: right I'll plead guilty on that one
2: um <laughs> I may have heard you say that yeah I
1: may I may have said that once before <laughs> on am serious NASCAR radio
2: I'm just kidding not in you I,
1: I think the the short track package obviously widely well received there was a lot of hand wringing after last year's Phoenix race the November race they're going to hold the championship here they have to fix it I, I think NASCAR clearly addressed it not just NASCAR but good year yeah. the teams everybody addressed it so I, I feel like Short track package looks like it could be in good shape for this year. Mile and a half tracks certainly seem to be in really good shape. Yep. So I'll I'll put you on the spot a little bit. Talladega's still another month and a half away or so, but should NASCAR look at doing
2: something with Super Speedway package now? Oh gosh, um, the, I mean the racing's great. The, the racing's really good. Uh, the only reason you'd have a conversation is a, a safety issue, right? I mean I don't I don't know that the racing. I mean I think to me the racing's good. Are they going too fast? You know, after after Ryan's crash, you know, does the data suggest that they're going too fast? Uh, does the data suggest that if you slowed down 30 miles per hour, the same wreck would have happened, right? That's things that I know NASCAR is looking at. You know, Daytona and Talladega are always going to be a problem in regard to that, in regard to safety. Because when you put that many cars in a pile and something happens, you know, it's it's more apt. That something big's gonna happen, and it's a catch twenty two you you've you know for years ago with the plate the cars got slowed down right to create safety, but they all got bunched up, which made it what it is yeah so that's that's a yeah that's a ball that's a group of balls that are being juggled every time you know how you how you how NASCAR evaluates what's an acceptable level of risk. I I know. So hard. It's say, it's, it's a perpetual argument. A Obviously hard. you mentioned.
1: I mean the reason I bring it up is partially because Ryan Newman's accident and yeah. have a driver out three races and I'm sure I mean it seems like it's it hasn't really been a lot of talk since Daytona but
2: you know it'll come up here in the next few it's, weeks. It's it's happened. We've been having this conversation as long as I've been in the sport.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And and um I don't see it going away. And it's you know it you could fix it. I mean, you could make the cars such that they separated. the The problem is that the fans aren't going to like
1: that, right? It's a different you open fr- yeah. Pandora's box. It's different right? than short track racing, where everybody can sort of agree this isn't what we want with yeah. plate racing. It's so you have different. this. Yeah.
2: you have this. You know, the fans deserve to see the race they want to see, and well, what's an acceptable level of 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 that, right? right. And that's a, that's that's just we're going to juggle that for a long time, right?
1: uh last thing for you another big thing that happened on the west coast swing big moment for the burton family harrison burton gets his first win in the xfinity series just want to ask you like how does it feel (laughs) i mean last year was so tough on him and he didn't make the playoffs and now what in race three or whatever he's he's in the playoffs you you must you and him obviously put a big Part of his career, you must feel like you're in a completely different place than you were here. Well,
2: yeah, we are in a clean, but, but listen, there's, there's, there's steps in the process. Yeah. Right. And when you're in, when you're going through a process, you have to understand sometimes that it is a process. (laughs) Yeah. And everybody always wants to, everybody always wants to get to the answer. When you can't get to the answer with an 18 year old, it's not there yet. And so, you know, Martin Truex Jr. is a great example. If you would have said to me five years into Martin Truex Jr.'s Cup career, is that a guy that's going to make it? I'd be like, eh. But today, I would put him a top three driver. So it's it's a journey. And when you retire, then you go back and you look and you say, okay, this is what happened. But until that happens, it's really hard. But when you're going through that journey, it's difficult in, the, in those difficult times, um, you know, What a lot of people forget about last year is that, and I'm I'm being dad here for a minute. But it's also my job to step back and look and be understand where we really are. Fifth in points didn't make the playoffs. (laughs) Good point. So, and then there was a lot of crying by people when they expanded the playoffs. Fifth and sixth in points didn't make the playoffs last year. So you have, so you have this just like with plate racing we talked about, you have this pull and tug about how much should winning mean versus how much should consistency mean. You had the fifth and sixth place guys in points not make the playoffs in the truck series. NASCAR looked at that and said, wait a minute. If we're going to ask people to be consistent and win races, we can't not reward consistency. So they added two spots to the truck playoffs, which to me makes perfect sense because of what we saw last year. The sport's ever-evolving, right? So, so so, if you're going to be fifth or sixth in points, it's hard to call that a failure. Now, was it the success they wanted? Hell no. They expected to go win races and, and sit on poles and do all those things, and they didn't. And as a driver, you're part of that, right? It's, they collectively didn't have the year that they wanted to have. Um, but you also have to, you know, he, any young driver, any young driver also has to step back and say, okay, is this a blip in history? Like if I go back and look, have I been winning races? Have I been competing against competition and being successful? Have I shown I can do it? Is this the norm or is this a blip in time? And if you look at his trajectory, it was a blip in time. That If you look at everything he did prior to getting to the truck series, right, big late model wins, big you know k and n wins bid Arca wins championships quarter midget his quarter midget record I put against anybody his late mile record I put against anybody but maybe one or two like it was all there, yeah right it was all there so so you had you just kind of had to grit your teeth and keep <laughs> going to work but you but you learn from those things yeah yeah you you learn. When you're going through those things, they're painful as hell when you go through them. Uh, but when you come out of the other side, and by the way, it's not over. Okay. And that's what we do in this sport. We say, well, he's, you know, he's leading the points. He's won a race. He's in the playoffs. He's successful. No. Like, you're, you're as successful as you were last week. That's how this sport works. The great thing about that is there's next week, right? So when you have that bad day, next week's coming. And you just have to hope that those bad days, weeks, years, months don't prevent you from having the next opportunity, right? And you have to have enough success for people to g- keep giving you that next opportunity. So it's easy to say it's 52. Yeah, yeah. You know, at 52, it's easy to look at all those things and say that, and, and, but it's much harder, harder for 18 <laughs> and 19 or 25-year-old. Or yeah. I mean, yeah. talk to Eric Jones. Yep. Right? I mean, Eric Jones, whom we all know has talent, Right has not had the success in the cup level that we all expected. we talked to William Byron. Right? They have to weather it. They have to weather the storm, and they will come through, and they will have the success that we all think they can have. But the people around them can't give up on them too quick. You can't give up on talent. You can't take a guy and say, that guy's won at everything he's ever done, and he can't win now, so he can't do it. Like That's a mistake, because if you do then you got rid of Martin Truex. There was a time in Matt and Mark Martin's career you would have gotten rid of him. You Jimmy Johnson wouldn't still be driving the 48. Jeff Gordon would not have won Martinsville and had a chance to go win the championship. Joey Logano probably would have been Joey done. Joey Logano would be done. Yeah. Like you'd give up on a lot of people too early. Right. And right. and it's true evaluators of talent. It's easy for you and I to sit here and say, what? Martin Truex is really good." Yeah. Yeah the guy that five years ago told me he was really good, that's the guy I respect. Yeah. That's the guy that looked and said, he can do it. You know, when Dale Earnhardt, Dale Earnhardt Jr., when they said, that guy can do it, you know, they were the true evaluators of talent.
1: Well, certainly uh, Harrison has shown he's got some talent. He's able to weather 2019, so congratulations. But all that. that
2: I said is for every driver. I mean, yeah. I mean I was, I, you ask about Harrison, but that's, that's... That's true for everybody. That's a everybody yeah. conversation. Yeah.
1: Well, congratulations nonetheless. It was good to see. And uh, as always, thanks for being here. We appreciate your insight.